0: Clustering begin. Herewith is my proposal. Pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. What is up, my scruffy looking nerf herders? It's Hayden. So as you might have noticed, we have some new intro music. Well, it's actually the old intro music, just the extended version that I never actually included in. And a little bit of spice courtesy of, I don't know, maybe Han Solo. Maybe. I uh, I was just really bored and dealing with a lot of insomnia. Anyways, you might have also noticed Patton Oswald years ago in Parks and Rec, predicted the opening scene of the Book of Boba Fett, which didn't even exist at that point, at least to our knowledge. And it was beautiful. You should absolutely check out that entire show, not just that episode. Um, So I'm not going to tell you what episode it is, because you just need to watch the show. At the very least, watch the outtakes on YouTube, because those are absolute gold mines. and. Yeah, you just you you need to do it. Just go do it. Could probably guess what we're gonna talk about today. I'm not big on doing recaps because I feel like we've all watched it, but we're gonna do some recaps. And I think what it's gonna be from now on is like, all right, we saw this. Now what does it mean? Uh but we'll see. Anyways, it's just me today. Uh Justice has a lot on his plate right now, kinda how I've had a lot on mine, which is why we disappeared for so long, but I miss podcasting so much that I came back. Perfect timing too, now that Star Wars season has officially begun, but we got a lot of talk about today, book of Boba, some theories, got to document those on the pod now instead of after the season's over like last time because uh, it kind of destroys your credibility when like you were absolutely saying what was going to happen the entire time but it's not documented until after it's already happened and yes yeah, you know if it wasn't documented did it ever really happen now let's get this greasy bucket of bolts on the hyperlane. It's here. We finally made it to Star Wars season. Thank the maker! Goodness gracious me. Shout out to Holy Faloney, Happy Hogan, and the Spy Kids director, Robert Rodriguez. Let's get the technical data out of the way and then we'll dive in deep and break this bad boy down. Uh, the Jedi Archive stranger in a strange land solid 30 minutes of runtime plus like five to eight minutes of art music credits we get samira morrison as boba fett ming na wen back as finnick jennifer beals from flash dance matt berry from what we do in the shadows david paschese from curb your enthusiasm and i think i messed that name up but i'm gonna keep going and a little space cameo from baby boba himself daniel logan music still from the fantastic ludwig goranson and i probably screwed that up too he was actually my inspiration for the intro music he had said in the mando doc that he started with a bunch of different recorders he ordered online or whatever i didn't have any of that on hand at the time and i'm a cheap Dude, so i substituted the recorder with a didgeridoo also while we're talking about it how dope was that intro i stayed up all night one night working that and the overall relaunch of the pod i don't know i'm proud of it so just like deal with me patting myself on the back right now Uh, i've already said it earlier but yeah get over it anyways primarily set on Tatooine, but we do get a Kamino flashback and Geonosis. We open to sleeping back to beauty dreaming, soothing sounds of the ocean waves of Kamino crashing, his childhood self holding his dead dad's helmet. It, wait, it, is it daddy fat, or would it be brother? Because all the other clones were brothers. What are you doing, clone bro? Oh, man. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's like that movie The Island starring Obi-Wan Kenobi and Black Widow. Maybe Jango wanted an un- unaltered clone in case he needed some replacement parts. Ah, <laughs> uh, daddy issues. I feel you, Boba. I, I, I really do. Then we get into the trauma of the Sarlacc pit, and it happened just like Parks and Rec said it would after he survives Jawa's still his armor Tuscans capture him it's a whole thing then they drag his ca- cancer patient butt through the desert after waking him up with worm juices woke up like he was given some Narcan anyways he's a prisoner there at, with this Rodian who has like Stockholm Syndrome or something tries to escape kills this Tuscan massive with his bare hands actually I, I take that back he does not kill him actually he uh knocks him out and then it was like kind of a respect thing um just I don't, I don't know it's hard to explain but I it makes sense in my head. Uh and then he gets curb stomped by an overwhelming amount of Tuscans. Wakey wakey eggs and bacon. no time for Bacta time for Reacta We get an epic slow-assisted suit up and then the monotony of tribute offerings as King Fett takes the throne. Threepio's not there to interpret, so it's a little confusing, but hey, money talks. The mayor snubs the Fett, sends his assistant, brings no tribute, and then asks for his own tribute. I'm the crime lord, he's supposed to pay me. He gets to live though, so that's tribute enough, I guess. Boba and Finnick take a lovely stroll through the wretched hive of scum and villainy. Actually, no, I'm messed with that. That's Moss Isley. We are in Moss Espa. I'm really botching this, but you know, I don't like these things anyway. Uh, we've all seen it. Can we agree? We've all seen the show. You wouldn't be listening to it if you hadn't. But I digress. Here we go. Um, so they take their lovely stroll, collecting more tribute. Max Rebo is back. That's kind of dope. Doesn't look like he's got the whole jizz Whaler gang uh, with him, but anyways. Fett, Finny, and the War Pigs get ambushed and surrounded in the streets, taking numerous blows from shock sticks. They subdue most of them, though Boba is pretty heavily injured. Finnick does some parkour. Parkour, parkour! Sorry. It uh, <laughs> captures one of them while Fett returns to his back to dreams. Cancer Fett and Pink Greedo are brought out deep into the desert to dig for water. Pink uncovers the six-legged monster from Spy Kids 2. The twin sons of Tatooine did not favor his complexion over the years, it seems. Fett saves the Tusken. Pinko, unfortunately, is no longer with us. RB. We close with the Beast's head being delivered to the Tuscans, and Cancer Everything Fett is seemingly earning Tusken respect. Now that the recap's over, we can get to the Easter eggs and theorizing, you know, the fun parts. So, Easter eggs. Apart from the easily spotted ones mentioned in the recap, there wasn't a ton of eggs in this episode, but... Oh boy, do I have a theory. Hold that thought, though. So, we get to see R3X, or Rex, from Star Tours at Disney. He was in Madame Flip's establishment. The... God, I can't remember her name now. It's in my notes, but... The chick from Flashdance. The title of the episode is a callback to Robert Heinlein's novel with the same name. In it, sharing water with someone was a sign of brotherhood. But originally, the phrase was coined in the Bible during the story of Moses, which Moss Espa does definitely have some Egyptian vibes to it. Not to mention Fett's suit-up scene looked a lot like a scene from one of those Moses movies. It... It is unlikely, however, that we will see Boba parting any seas, unless he goes back to Kamino for some reason, but even then. I know I already talked about the Sarlacc, but I mean, come on. It's Quisival Walking. I mean, come on. I've been wanting to see this scene since Tamura was rumored to be cast in The Mandalorian. Thank God they gave his escape a good explanation. This story was retold in Legends far too many times. Originally, I wasn't sure how long he was in the pit, but on the second viewing, I saw Jabba's sail barge and the Sarlacc's tentacle that was severed in Return of the Jedi. However, that stormtrooper was in the pit for a hot minute. As you may recall, there were no stormtroopers on the sail barge. But looking at it, he, he was in there for... He was either in there only for a short time and was with the Tuskens for like five years, or he was in there for a while and then got out and was with the Tuscans for a little bit. But I think just from how they did that scene, he was probably not in there for very long. Um, maybe a day, a week, something like that. It takes like a thousand years for, these th- uh, for things to digest. So who knows? The capture. I don't want to talk too much on this because it's part of my theory of the season and also one of my theories I put out about a certain other Star Wars show. I guess the Sarlacc had some bleach in its belly because when Boba was found by the Tuskens, his jumpsuit was miraculously all white. Could be a nod to his rebirth, but who knows. We get to see the return of 8D8, the torture droid, still torturous as always the Trandosian offering tribute offers a wookiee pelt which boba's rope in the originals was actually made from wookiee fur moss espa hometown of the youngling slayer skywalker and the boonta eve classic pod race the thugs that attacked boba looked to be from the same game from gang gang not game gang from mando season 2 that forced cobb vanth into the desert As far as the remaining back to dream flashbacks go, we get an alien species that looks to be a callback to John Carter. I know it also kind of looks like Goro from uh, Mortal Kombat, but Star Wars is influenced by John Carter. So I'm going to guess it's John Carter. This is where the fun begins. So theorization, the Tuskens, God, I'm so excited about this. So they're all dressed differently than regular run-of-the-mill Tuscans, the chief's attire being very familiar to me. Also, this tribe is one of the nomadic tribes as their choice of roof is a tent versus a hut. Anyways, I I think in an earlier episode of the show, I, I mentioned this or maybe just something I've been saying since the Kenobi show was revealed. Now, Kenobi's time on Tatooine Holds a special place in my ha- heart because this is where, in the comics, we re-meet Asherod Het, the Tuscan Jedi Exile. You might be thinking, I mean, a Tuscan Jedi is kind of cool, but, like, who cares? I do. I care heavily. You m- may recognize his Sith title a little better, as Asherod Het is none other than Darth Krait. In the comics, during this time period, Het and Kenobi run into each other. Het's nomadic tribe of Tuscans were on the move reclaiming Tuscan land and water. Yeah, Krait was a friggin' Tuscan warlord. It's dope. Get hype. Anyways, Het is moving towards Little Luke's moisture farm, and so Kenobi has to step in and stop him. Kenobi... Ah, I cannot talk today, and it's killing me. Kenobi obviously succeeds. He has the high ground, duh. Het is disgraced and left by his people, yada, yada, yada. Why does this all matter? Well, Het's story is intertwined with some of the most amazing storylines from Legends material. He becomes crate after endless torture at the hands of the Yuzan Vong. He's in the pre-Episode four Kenobi timeline, He's alive much longer than he probably should be. He could potentially become one of the big baddies post-sequel trilogy. And how friggin' cool slash terrifying would it be for Darth Crate and Fett to become homies? Let's take it a d- bit deeper. Because, like, if Boba Fett was only in the Sarlacc pit for, like, a day, a week, whatever, not not that long, we have five years until he reclaims his armor the last season of Mando we were all trying to figure out what he was doing for those five years well what if he was hanging out with the Tuscans now for him to actually entertain hanging out with the Tuscans like granted he's all about the respect now Jabba ruled with fear I intend to rule with respect you know he's probably ah he's not going to stick around for five years or four years, even three years. If it's not like worthwhile to him, even with the respect, because he's, he's going to stick around. If it's exciting, if there's a purpose like Asherod uh purpose, it was literally to reclaim the sands of Tatooine and reclaim the water supply that all the non-natives have been, like, controlling for all this time. So if he's helping them with that, that would make sense. And if he's realizing who Asherod Het is, maybe not a Jedi or whatever, because I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be whipping out the lightsabers. And I'm not sure that Boba Fett would be too thrilled with that. Although, if we could have that interaction, that would be amazing but you take Boba Fett and Asherad Het, and you have them become homies now this season is looking very very interesting because we're already seeing that Boba's not going to have an easy time taking over the throne well I mean he took over the throne pretty easy uh That that was that was pretty quick. But as far as ruling over Mas Espa and Tatooine and taking over all of Hut space, presumably, like I, I don't know why you would just claim the throne and not claim the entire empire. So he's not gonna have an easy time. And but if he had the Tuscans on his side, if he had Asherod Het on his side. Oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. Like, and how, oh, God. I hope somebody listening has some sort of idea who Asherod Hett is, who Darth Krayt is, because at least if the, if that one person's listening and is hearing me geek out about this right now, they're going to understand. The rest of you, maybe not. But go check it out. Like, seriously, Asherod Het, Darth Crate. Uh, I don't think Asherod Het is actually listed on the Wookie, Wikipedia, at least not as the title. I think it's just Darth Crate. But check it out. Check out the story. Check out the comics. He's so sick. But imagine we get Boba Fett palling out with these Tuskens and kind of like doing the whole warrior clan thing throughout the desert, and it's exciting. It's cool. But then you have that run-in where Asherod Het pulls out the lightsabers, maybe. And then it's it completely shifts the dynamics. Maybe that's what causes Boba to leave the, uh, the Tuskens. Or, you know, he probably had a plan all, all along. But that that would be cool. That'd be kind of cool explanation for that. But... You you get to see that interaction because Boba Fett doesn't like Jedi. And I mean it's gonna go down as like, you know, they might tussle for a little bit, but Asherat Het's gonna make it very clear, you know, I'm I'm a Tuscan. I'm not a Jedi anymore. I like that part of my life is over. Yada yada yada. Maybe get a heart to heart um, maybe a reference to Windu. You know, where is he? Sorry, that's Batman. Anyways, uh, (laughs) that interaction, dope. But that also means if Asherod Het comes into Book of Boba Fett, we get to see him in Kenobi. And we get to see that massive duel between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Asherod Het. And Obi-Wan, like, defeats Asherod. And defaces or demasks him, which is like unforgivable in Tuscan culture. So his entire warrior clan turns their backs on him and leaves. And thus begins the spiral into Darth Creek. Granted, he didn't turn into Darth Creek till all that torture from the Yuzong Vong, but we would get to see. Asherod and Boba. We get to see Asherod and Obi-Wan. And we get to see a friggin' Tusken Jedi. I don't even care if you know who Asherod Het or Darth Krayt is. You know that's cool. And it has to happen. You know what? Screw it. We're gonna do this. We're gonna talk about Asherod Hat. We're gonna go through all of it. I'm pulling up Wikipedia right now. And we're gonna we're gonna go through it. So, because I, I I really just don't trust anyone to look this up. It's nothing against you guys. I just know my audience. Uh, at least while it's in its small state currently. Uh, Darth Great, born Asherad Het, was a long-lived Force-sensitive human male who served as both a Jedi Master in the waning days of the Galactic Republic and as Dark Lord of the Sith following the f- fall of Darth Sidious, the son of legendary Jedi Knight Sherrod Het, and his wife Kashik, both of whom lived among the Tusken Raiders of Tatooine. He eventually became the Padawan of Jedi Masters ki mundi ah, and later Anya Kuro. When he was only a teen, Het's father was murdered by the ex-Jedi assassin, Ara Singh, who was later defeated in a duel by a young Asherod Het. During the Clone Wars, he served the Republic as a general and established himself as a charismatic leader who often led his troops from the front. He eventually became friends with the young Anakin Skywalker and helped Anakin come to terms with the destruction which had been wrought by the galaxy-wide war. Asherod took part in key conflicts during the war such as the Battle of Bo- Bosepity and the Siege of Seleucami He managed to survive the Clone Wars and was one of the few Jedi known to have escaped the Jedi purge in 19 BBY Asherod had eventually made his way back to his home world of Tatooine where he vowed to wage a private war against the new Galactic Empire however After a confrontation with Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, he was exiled from Tatooine and later discovered that it was Anakin Skywalker who became the Sith Lord Darth Vader, who he had aided in the annihilation of the Jedi Order. Asherod blamed himself for the destruction of the Order, as he had known about Anakin killing uh, a village of sand people, and could have reported the young Jedi, thus getting him expelled and become a bounty hunter. During one of his missions, he found himself on Korriban, where he trained as a Sith under the tutelage of the Dark Lord Zozon. He eventually fell to the dark side after capture and torture by the Yuzong Vong, and soon proclaimed himself Dreadlord and Dark Lord of the Sith, taking the name Darth Krayt. Now, I don't remember where the Dreadlord thing came from i could definitely hit on the hyperlink and figure out but i just it's a comical name i'm just thinking of like asherod running around with dreads called himself a dreadlord uh, but anyways as crate he became the founder and leader of the one sith during the period of the vong invasion he kept the existence of his rebuilt sith order hidden from the jedi for a century by cloaking their presence on Korriban. At one point in 44 ABY, he emerged to fight alongside Luke Skywalker against Abeloth. This is like, I, I don't have time to explain Abeloth. Uh, I think we talked about her before, but anyways. To survive, the Dark Lord spent many years in stasis before re re-emerging to form an alliance with Moth-Ninja? I I can't say that. Hopefully that name does not make it into the new EU, because that's just difficult. And to spark the Sith Imperial War that led to the destruction of the Galactic Federation of Free Alliances. At the climax of the war, he deposed Emperor Ronfell and brought about the destruction of the new Jedi Order. Darth Krayt ruled the galaxy with an iron fist for seven years before the alliance between rightful emperor ron fell and galactic alliance admiral gar stasi threatened his us- usurped role furthermore krait discovered the existence and survival of a skywalker Cade. krait feared that with these deteriorating conditions and his bad health would lead to his demise before his dream was finished and sent about the hunt for Cade skywalker However, during a skirmish on Had Ab- Abandon, Krait was stabbed and sent hurtling off a cliff. The Sith Lord's powers proved strong, however, when they saved his life. Darth Krate was then approached by Darth Wirlock, his most trusted advisor, who presumably murdered Krate, believing the Dread Lord would lead to the Sith's destruction. But even as he was inactive. Krait's ideals were being carried out by Wyrrak. R- Wyrrlock. R- ah, I can't. It's a thing today. In his place, Krait later healed his body from his near-death experience, overcoming the taint of his armor. He called. He called out to all those across the galaxy who had touched the dark side, signaling his return. With the aid of loyal Sith and a new breed of Sith troopers, Krayt retook Coruscant, slaying Darth Weirlock in the process and began making preparations to rebirth the galaxy through war. However, in the final battle, he once again attempted to turn Cade Skywalker. He failed to do so, which allowed Cade to permanently kill him by incinerating his body. But if we go... Let's go to Clone Wars, yeah, Uh, or post-Clone Wars. Do we want to go post-Clone Wars? Yeah, post-Clone Wars. Uh, That's a little more relevant. Uh, As the Clone Wars reached its conclusion, Palpatine gave a secret top priority command to his Clone Troopers, Order 66, commanding the Clones to assassinate their Jedi Commanders. Het was on a scouting mission, mission away from his troops when the Order was given. Though he did see the other Jedi die, Asharag killed the clones assigned to execute him, keeping one alive just long enough to learn what had happened. Then he fled, attempting to reach other Jedi, hearing from none, sensing none. Believing himself the only Jedi to have survived, Het made his way back to his homeworld of Tatooine, once again taking up his heritage and donning the wrappings of a Tusken Raider and became a war leader of several Tuscan clans. Het led these clans against human settlements that had encroached on Tuscan lands, while at the same time silently preparing for his own private war against the Galactic Empire. Het's leadership and skills honed in the Clone Wars did much to reverse the losses the Tuscans had suffered since the death of his father. The Tuscans became a feared fighting force once again, reclaiming land they believed was rightfully theirs. Around this time, Het had discovered the force in one of his warriors. I am not even going to try to repeat that name. Something like that. He, <laughs> he taught him how to speak galactic basic standard and employ the force-based martial art of Teraskasi, which there was a horrible game with... Uh, Having to do with Terraskasi or whatever. Uh, it was PlayStation 1. It was really bad. Uh, <laughs> the war leader even presented his protege with a bisected Gardafi. Uh, gardafi? Gardafi? I thought it was Gardafi. Uh, anyways, stick, the traditional weapon of the Tuscan, so as to instruct him in dual weapon fighting. Um, and now we get to the fun part Asherod Het versus Obi Wan Kenobi. You are a great Jedi, Het, and the son of a great Jedi, but you have given yourself over to revenge. It stops here. Sorry, that was like I I had to read the quote. I I love doing Kenobi's voice. It's not that great, but I'm working on it. Anyways, when Het's clan's reached the boundaries of the small moisture farm of Owen Lars, they were stopped to Het's surprise and shock by his former Jedi comrade Obi-Wan Kenobi, by then living in exile on the desert world as well, Kenobi had noticed Het's recent activities and believed Het was frighteningly close to the dark side, becoming the very thing he was claiming to fight. Sounds familiar. He begged Het to stop his crusade there and then not mentioning to Het exactly why he had chosen to defend this small farm, but Het refused to listen. The settlers and farmers had killed countless Tuscans, and blood called out for blood. With little choice, both Jedi ignited their lightsabers and fought a brutal duel on the desert flat, with the entire Tuscan army watching them. The duel ended with the loss of Het's right arm and the extra humiliation of having his mask removed. To the Tuscans, to expose any part of the flesh was forbidden, and with one hand, Het could not. Hope to wield the traditional Tuscan weapon. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. The or Gatafi uh, also known as the Gaffy Stick. Alright, cool. We're gonna go Gaffy Stick from now on because I can't talk today and that word is really giving me trouble. The clans turned on him and they departed without a word spoken. Het was now an out- outcast. Oh, God, and asked Kenobi to finish him off. But Kenobi would not kill his old comrade. Instead, he made Het swear on the honor of his late father that he would leave Tatooine and never return, hoping that one day Het would see the error of his ways and again take up the Jedi way. It was not to be. In fact, decades later, uh, after the fact, Het learned that the very moisture farm Kenobi had been defending concealed the son of Anakin Skywalker, who was as he would also learn, the man who had destroyed the Jedi Order when he realized that Skywalker and Darth Vader were one, Het bitterly regretted protecting Skywalker's bloody secret on Argonar to have turned him in then or simply killed him, Het believed would have spared the galaxy untold suffering so, bringing it back, we, we have Thrawn's return. Countless references to whatever the canon version of the Yuzong Vong will be. Reference after reference after reference that Holy Filoni is bringing back the best when it comes to the old EU. Why wouldn't he bring back Krait? Darth Krait is dope. And this thus concludes my tenfold hat rant. Make it happen. Please, God, make it happen. If you want to talk to us about Star Wars, or tell us we're wrong, or if you have some other random reason to contact us, you can find the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Only Hope Podcast. You can find me personally on Twitter or Instagram at The Braxy Cash. And you can find me at j.r.cash on Instagram.